Welcome to Deed and Truth, a podcast where we explore loving God and loving our neighbors, not just in words, but also in actions, and with the Bible as the source and standard of truth. I'm your host, Tommy Morris. And we are here again with Pat and Susie Howe. This week, Susie is taking the hot seat as we talk about loving your husband well. So thank you both for joining me once again to continue this discussion on marriage and loving your spouse well. All right, Susie. Yeah, you ready for the hot seat? Ready for the hot seat. All right, it's your turn. It's your turn. All right, so we're going to go over a lot of the same questions, but get the answers from your perspective. So same thing we talked about with Pat last week was early on, obviously, uh, I'm assuming the same applies that loving him well was not a perfect act at first, right? Loving him well was not a perfect act at first. But I did have a jump start on Pat because I had been married previously to my high school sweetheart, okay. who was a pilot. He was killed in action. And so we had been married for eight years. So I had sort of honed some of my selfishness and okay. some of the things that I struggled with early on in that marriage. Um, Pat got the benefit of me being a little <laughs> better than I would have been in my nice. early 20s. Nice. But I think I still really suffered from an idea of my husband needing to just know who I was, you know, anticipate my needs without me participating in the process of mm. making those things known. Okay. So, you know, me loving him well did not look like clear communication mm. often. I also allowed stress in our home with little kids to dominate a lot of our relationship. And so I think if I could go back and tell my younger self, you know, it is really important to understand what the important things are and let mm. the little things go. But I was a, a queen of making mountains out of molehills. Yeah, make you the know, little things the big things. Discipline yeah. issues with the, the young boys yeah. or, um, you know, the house not being clean. I think everybody would agree. I was a Nazi about cleanliness <laughs> in the house. And, you know, I, I wish I could tell my younger self, you know, just relax really enjoy mm. time with your husband, take time after everybody else is in bed and and just connect and be thoughtful about him as he's coming in from his stressful day and make room for that. So you can both breathe, you can both relax and you can both just kind of enjoy each other. So I wish I could, wish I could go back and do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree on the house cleaning thing. Uh, I, <laughs> I, 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 and, and I say that because Susie has said it and I don't, I don't want to throw her under the bus, but I do think that that was a big source of frustration in our home because mm. we it felt like we were always cleaning the house. Yeah. No matter what we did, there was always cleaning to be done. Now, admittedly, we had two boys under four who could create clutter <laughs> quickly but <Right. laughs> i would be thinking well clutter is not the same as dirt like we can just throw the toys somewhere but somehow right. that means we got to mop the floor the distinction between organization and cleanliness right <laughs> right so that and that was an issue of uh, frustration early in our marriage but you know we worked through that we yeah. did work through that um some of the things i think i did well would include um making pat arrival home kind of a big deal mm. you know the boys would get excited dad was home we'd stop what we were doing we'd I don't know just greet him at the front door and yeah. just let him know that it was a big deal he was he was back with us and I think yes. that that built Pat up and made him glad to be home yeah that does feel good um, I can attest to that yeah I, yeah, so I think that we did that well. One of the things that kind of set me free early on, and, and this goes back to how Pat loved me well, is he 
I, because I was a clean freak, I would stress out that he was coming home and be cleaning. And he mm. told me early on, I would rather see you out in the front yard playing with the kids mm. than knocking yourself out to, to clean. So, you know, things like that were kind of helpful to, to set the tone early on. But um, I, I wish I could go back and tell my younger self, you know, as the helper, you know, God has given us the wife role to be the helper trying to really understand what that meant from Pat's perspective instead of assuming I knew mm. what it meant to be helpful to him would have clarified some things early on, I think. Maybe in some small ways. I, I've, I feel like overall you were always, so you always made me feel important. And, you know, that that is important, that we make our spouse feel important. And you, you always did that. Oh, good. I'm and glad. I've always done that. I'm glad. But I I was um, bad about communication so far as making my needs be known. Pat will say to couples he's counseling that are young marrieds, he'll say, it takes an assertive woman to create a healthy marriage. You have Mm. to be able to state what your needs are, make it clearly known, so that your husband, who does want to meet those needs, can step into that place and meet your needs. I was a hinter, and Mm. I didn't want to be too demanding or naggy. So I would sort of put it out there in a vague way and then expect Pat to jump on it. And that's just not how men work. So clear communication is important. So assertive is very important. Demanding is bad. You can be assertive is saying, I want to communicate very clearly. These are my needs. Mm. Demanding is here are the threats. Right, right. You know, and that's bad. But yeah. assertiveness is absolutely necessary. That's good. So, Susie, over the years, uh, what have been some of the lessons learned or things that have changed in how you love Pat now 23 years later? Well, I think I'm a lot better about assuming the best of him. In my younger years, uh, because of past hurts and patterns, I would project that onto him. And so I would take his words and apply them in ways he never intended them. Mm. And so I've gotten better about assuming the best of him and understanding his character as a husband who loves me and wants the best for me. I can take his words much more constructively than I have in the past. I think, too, that as a young married I had an idea that love was going to love for my husband was going to fill all the places Mm. and it was going to kind of be the thing that made my life complete what I wanted it to be. And the hard fact is that we are both sinful people who Mm. have committed to be with each other. And as God is sanctifying us, that is not a pretty picture that Mm. fits together well all the time. And so as I've grown, it's created so much peace and confidence in me to be able to Assume the best of Pat as God is sanctifying him in the the role of husband. But then to be able to take those deficits, which are few, honey, because they're very few, but to take some of those disappointments or whatever to the foot of the cross and just realize that in Christ, I have what I need. He is the only relationship I have that will never disappoint. That is just always what it should be. And so I need to look to Christ to be that all in all while I am waiting for Pat to come online with some of the things I'm hoping to see in his <laughs> life. But but again, he loves me really well. We love each other imperfectly, but I can take any of my disappointments 
to the foot of the cross and Christ meets me there. And he, he really fills those places. That's important. And I think that applies to husbands too. Yeah. You know, obviously wives aren't perfect in the way they love either. Yeah, that's very good. I'm glad you brought that up in the sense that our, you know, it's not another person that quote unquote completes us or is, you know, the completion of our other half that, you know, truly all of that is in Christ. This is different. So right. yeah, thank that's you for right. bringing that up. Pat, you've been quiet so far. Well, I talked a lot the last time, and I think it is good for people to hear Susie. She has a lot of wisdom and insight. She's on a roll. Uh, I would just tell you that she, as I've said, I think she is an amazing wife. One of the ways she has loved me well over the years that I don't think was true in the beginning is people that know me know that I'm not a svelte man. (laughs) And, And... Clearly, that has been frustrating for her, as it's been frustrating for me. But she has, so I will do like a lot of guys do, a lot of people who struggle with weight, and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to be better, and then I'll be better, and then I'll go, oh, I lost three pounds, so now I can relax and gain 20. (laughs) And um, knowing I have disappointed her a bunch in that way, because I've disappointed myself. Uh, she has not let that be such a barrier of bitterness. So honestly, I often think now about different things about her or that might happen in the future. Mm. And I'll go, I will think of all, I'm like, but she loved me. She has loved me so well at times when I physically was overweight and not attractive. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, I wasn't working hard at it. And she just, she did not let that interfere with our relationship. So I'm not going to let whatever interfere with our relationship because she set the pattern Mm -hmm. there. And that's just been really, for me, that's been a really big deal. I'm with you on that one. I'm also not part of the Svelte Club, if there is one. (laughs) And I think actually. They're all jerks. I don't want to be with you. Forget them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anybody tall or svelte. Yeah. yeah. Athletic. Yeah. Who have all their hair. Yeah. Oh, those guys are the worst. Yeah. Don't at me. I don't want to hear it from you guys. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you and I have actually, um, along with Andy, we've, we've tried to help each other in the past and, and do the competitions. But yeah, I'd say, hey, lost five pounds. I'm going to go celebrate with a piece of carrot cake. Right. right. <laughs> like, I've heard this. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> to me. Five pounds of cake to go with the five pounds I lost. But, but yeah, I mean, that is a, a, another thing. I mean, Helena has a, even verbally expressed that to me that, you know, her love for me is not based on anything to do with my appearance uh, or anything like that. Not that she's calling me ugly, you know, I don't want to put that out there, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, well, I don't, she, she's not, no, she's not. <laughs> this is one of those moments where you can hint around. You don't have to be blunt in your communication, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean the, it is nice to know that you don't have to become svelte to, to have your, your wife's love. So, but, but what's that. amazing is, is then that makes me do desire more to do that for yes. her. So a lot of guys are obstinate. And if you're going to tell me what to do, then are you going to demand? <laughs> right. Then there's a part of me, even if I know you're right, there's a part of me that's going to fight that. Yeah. 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 Um, Guilty. But there is freedom in going, but this is something that I need to do. And it's right. also important to her. And she's just loved me so well. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, and this obviously goes back to last week's with you, but um, that is a part of, of us turning around and showing love to her is that we want to do it because they have loved us well, right? So that's good. All right, so from the, the standpoint of our spiritual lives and the practical day-to-day living standpoint, Susie, what are ways in each of those uh, categories that 
you would say you love Pat well that or love a Pat wife well. could love her husband well? Well, in the physical sense, um, Pat's a really easy person to love. He he just doesn't expect a lot, which I really appreciate. So that burden of yeah. of expectation is not there. But he's very happy if there are socks and underwear in his drawer. Yeah. So I try to keep the laundry up and things like that. But, you know, I think taking Genesis 3 seriously, where we understand that for the man in the curse, the curse was that he would be trying to make a way in life and he would be opposed. Mm. You know, the ground would oppose Adam as he tried to plant his field. And we can apply that now that just as we are making our way, as men are making their way in the world, they are opposed. And so I try to physically help him by just not creating more barriers he has to overcome Mm. in our home. I try to tear down barriers that make it hard for him to communicate with me or to feel like he can come in and just enjoy his home. I think one of the ways I love you is that it's very relaxing for him on a Saturday to watch college football. So I try to make sure that the morning is free and he can watch (laughs) the game and there's not a lot of activity. The dogs aren't yapping at the door. I'm not as successful with the dog, sorry. (laughs) But just, just trying to take away barriers that he's having to overcome so that when he's home, it's a place of rest, it's a place of peace. Mm. And I think that's been helpful so that he can rest and then go back out and do what he needs to do when he goes to work on Monday. Would you agree with that? I I think you are amazing at that. And I think that is so important. I love that you referred to, you referenced the curse because... As a lot of the guys listening will know, men, we get our identity from what we do, but yeah. we find the world opposes us. We're always, we, that we live struggle. With, yeah, we live with a certain level of frustration because we just cannot make the progress we feel like our efforts should result in, you know? And so there is a level of frustration because that's the curse on men. And so we're just going to live with that. But what's beautiful is God's design for marriage creates a respite for both of us. You know, if I do, if I love you the way God has called me to love, you get a respite from the curse, except for the pain in childbearing. I can't take that one away, (laughs) Uh, but medicine does now. Um, But you get a respite from that frustration. Uh, And if, in you loving me, as scripture calls, our home is the one place I don't feel opposed. I don't feel like I'm having to work my tail off to make any kind Mm. of progress. And I will include a vague reference there that that also includes physical intimacy, you know, because again, you create an environment in our home completely where I don't feel opposed and I don't feel like that there's always obstacles and there's always a struggle to make any kind of progress. And you are the reason our home is that way. And that is amazing. It it really is amazing. So I'll tell a brief story when, when I was really stressed and and our, I felt like our home was part of the stress at times, I seem to always have to work late. I only work late now because I have to work late, if that makes sense. Because I really love being in our home. And well, you've I'm made glad. it that way. Well, I'm glad. That's what I want for you, what I want for us. Well, I'm selfish. I want that for me also. So, <laughs> yay. <laughs> but, but I do think, going back to the vague reference of physical intimacy, I think early on, as a young woman, I needed Pat to woo me and win me before that all came together well. Uh And it's really helped our marriage to kind of 
I don't even know how to put it into words, but not to make that another barrier he has to overcome, but to in the assuming the best of him and building intimacy in some of these other ways we've talked about last week, um, especially that whole realm of our relationship is much easier. And I'm grateful for that. Me too. All right. So from the spiritual standpoint, what are ways that you love Patwell or that wives can love their husbands well? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so obvious, I guess, to say prayer, but yeah. really praying for your husband, really understanding that as he suits up to go out the door, he a lot of our husbands are kind of in battle mode. They're having mm. to overcome a world that does not value God, does not value biblical principles. And so as they are taking the light of Christ into the world, that that's a war zone and it's hard. And so praying for them to be, to be bold but winsome, yeah. praying for them to not be discouraged, but to continue on with consistency and with love and good deeds, yeah. truth and good deeds. They really need our prayer, and prayer is our most effective weapon. Because Pat has been so good about leading us and memorizing scripture, I'm always blown away at how God uses that truth that we are studying and memorizing and just marinating our thoughts in. He brings that to the forefront, and it is so powerful to be able to pray those verses Mm. for my husband as he goes out. And it gives real meat and real grit to what you can pray when you can pray God's words back to him. That is powerful and effective. Definitely. So I would say that that's probably the biggest thing. I, I know it sounds so obvious, but it's the best tool God puts in our hand to yeah, love I mean, our husband spiritually. There's no need to like read too deep or trying to come up with some ah oh, thing like, oh, I'm going to come up with something nobody's ever thought of. No, it's the simple things, right? I mean, script, scripture memorization and prayer are things that each of you have shared uh, in each yeah. of the interviews. And, and I mean, what that's a great foundation. Yeah. Well, one of the other things I want to say about praying for your husband, I think it's the it was the tendency of my younger self to be a little naggy about things that bothered me mm. in Pat. And somehow my words strung together in a winsome way were going to change him. And that is not generally how change has happened. <laughs> but when I could stop nagging and take that to prayer and ask God to be working in Pat's life that was so much more powerful and it put me in a posture that was much more loving and much more gracious and that changed a lot of the tone when i would be frustrated Mm. with the very few minor things that that i've asked for god to change over the years and god and pat's been nice towards me not to bring any of my foibles up but but i would really encourage wives to you know talk to your husband or at your husband less about those things and really take it to God in prayer yeah. with the thought that God is more committed to your husband's sanctification than you will ever be able yeah. to be. Yeah, God can do in our hearts so much more than we can ever uh, change somebody. Yes, so, yeah, absolutely. That's good. So going, so shifting, we've talked again about the deeds and the actions of loving your husband well. Let's let's look to the truth aspect and look at some scriptures that you have uh, that relate to loving your husband well. Yeah, so... I mean, there are the obvious ones. Pat referenced this the last time we met together, and this is 1 Peter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. And when they see your respectful and pure conduct, 
oh, sorry, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight, which in God's sight is very precious. And so that encouragement to have fewer words and more action towards your husband that is loving, to be kind, just all those fruits of the Spirit, you know, to to love him well and to respect him. I think building up respect in your husband goes a really long way. That, Mm. I think Pat would agree, especially after we went through the love and respect (laughs) Bible study. Men need our respect. So figure out what that looks like in your home. How do you build that up in your husband? And then, you know, this whole adorning yourself It's important to suit up wives and be adorned with a gentle and quiet spirit. And I don't know how you do that (laughs) unless you are in the word of God and praying and spending time, time every day fighting for that in your life. Because we like to be bossy. We like to be in control. We have a lot of words. And so, you know, take a few minutes to, to suit up yourselves and um, be godly. (laughs) It's important. I mean, think about when, when we're called to be, so some ladies may be listening to this and going, well, but I've always been, you know, out there. I've always been extroverted and high energy. Well, I don't I don't think that scripture is saying in terms of your personality has to always be gentle and quiet. But when you're interacting with your husband, the most productive thing you can do and the most glorifying thing you can do to God is speak to him particularly on those hard issues, in a gentle, quiet mm. way. Yes. Because otherwise, men go into fight mode easily. And if a man goes into fight mode, and that's a flaw of men, but if we go into fight mode, we go into win mode. Because if you're in a fight, you're in a fight to win. And the gentle, quiet spirit, you're you're helping him not to sin by going into fight mode. Yeah. So you may be at a party, you may be a fun, loud, whatever person, but when you have to talk to him about ways that you can help. So in our case, the howls, and and what that means is that Pat is going to have to make a sacrifice for the benefit of the howls, but mm-hmm. Pat doesn't see it. The gentle, quiet spirit is going to keep Pat from being defensive. It's going to help move me to your side so we solve the problem. So the wisdom of God there is is very practical in that. And and nobody is saying you have to be gentle and quiet 100% of the time. But when you're interacting with your husband, particularly over those issues of respect and moving your house forward, gentle, quiet is is the way to honor God in that. And you do a great job of that. You really do. Well, thank um, you. Because you know me. You know I love to debate. <laughs> and and I'm, as I get older, I'm finding I don't care as much. But you do know I would go into win mode. You do go into win and mode. And you keep me from going into win mode. But it, it is amazing how just when you ratchet yourself down, wives, and you say what you need to say in a calm and loving, soft way, that sits with your husband, and he thinks on that. And it's always surprising to me when you'll come back and your heart has moved. And that doesn't happen when I'm railing and, you know, <laughs> loud and emphatically making my point from a, from a fight standpoint. By the way, when Pat and I debate, I never win. He's a master <laughs> debater, and I really hate that. <laughs> I like, so I like debate. I mean, I've always been argumentative, even as a kid, you know, and uh, I don't really yeah. concede. The, the problem, <laughs> the reason I win is because she's debating to have a conversation and, and to make a point 
Yeah. I'm only debating to win. To win, right, yeah. So yeah. she's fighting fair, and I'm going, no, no, there are no fair fights. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. winners and losers. <laughs> so if I got to yeah. make up facts, I don't right. care. <laughs> I'm just win. Well, <laughs> use Wikipedia as your right. source. That's right. <laughs> well, a couple other scriptures I wanted to share just as wives are thinking about relating to their husband. I We've memorized as a family Philippians 2, and I love verses three and four that says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Mm. Let, let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. And then that passage goes on to describe Jesus's sacrificial love, even to the mm. point of death. And, you know, as believers, we are called to serve in sacrificial ways. And it's hard when you're living with your spouse and you know them and you're comfortable and you know they're going to love you through all your ugliness to really stay in that place of loving them sacrificially. And so, yeah. again, I would say it's important every day to be in the word and to be in prayer and just to be abiding, abiding in Christ. You've got to fight for that in your life or you're not going to be able to maintain it. You have to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit, as the scriptures tell us. I had a couple other things, I guess, going back to wives who may need their husband to just fill all those places mm -hmm. for them and how that's sort of an impossible standard we place on our husbands. Right. I really love Psalm 139 that talks about how God just knows us. In verses one through four, it says that you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways, even before a word is on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all together. And so, you know, being perfectly known by God take some of the pressure off when we don't feel perfectly known by mm, our husband. Yeah. And as they are working hard to get to know us, wives, I think we can really rest in the fact that we are perfectly known and perfectly loved by our God. And marriage is a gift, and it is a picture of Christ and His church, but we're all in process. And so if we can give room and space as we're being sanctified toward Christ-likeness, there's much joy in marriage to be had, but we need to keep our expectations, you know, managed in a biblical pers perspective. And we can always go to, to Christ and he is the one who will always be perfectly faithful when we need to go there. So any final thoughts on loving your husband well from either of you? Well, so I would say to the wives a couple things. Number one, your husband wants to be your hero. Help him. Mm -hmm. He wants to be your hero. He wants to be the man that makes your life better. If you criticize him all the time, then you're saying to him that the thing he desires most. And men care more about the opinion of the women in their life than they do anything else. And they care more about that respect. They mm. want to be your hero, but you can beat them down by constantly criticizing them so that they give up. So make it easy. Help him. Find ways that he can be your hero and, and then help him and, and even help him feel like your hero. Because that's important mm -hmm. to him. He wants to be that. But please know that that is what he wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, and a real practical way to do that, we heard this from friends of ours. Um, we had a friend, a couple friends, and she was saying she loved Pinterest and loved looking at beautiful homes and would always say to her husband, look at this gorgeous home. Isn't it great? And what he was hearing is, my wife is not satisfied with the mm -hmm. home that I was able to provide. And he was feeling a little 
you know, beaten down that Mm. she wasn't happy with the home he had provided. And she picked up on that early on. And so she started really telling him, I love our home. Thank Mm. you for what you've provided for me. And she shut down her Pinterest, you know, and didn't look at that as much and just really built up in him. Hey, I love the life you're providing for us. Thank you. Thank Mm. you for doing all this. So wives, I think it's important to tell your husband and recognize what he's done to sacrificially give to you the life that you have and build that up in him. Yeah, and you, you're you great at that. We uh, Susie will say to me regularly, and has, we bought a car that had almost 200,000 miles on it, and Susie would still say, oh, I love my car. I love my <laughs> car. And I didn't know I needed to hear that until I mm. heard it. Uh, because part of me is going, wow, you know, we don't have the money to buy my wife a new car. We yeah. have to get her a car that's got 200,000 miles. It's It's already worn out. And it was in good shape, and yeah. we still have it, and it's a great car. But I I needed to hear that. Mm. I, I needed to hear, I love the life that you've given me. We moved, and um, I needed to hear Susie say, I love our home. And wives, your husband, he needs to hear that because he wants to be your hero. And so, yeah. you know, like I said, say those things to him. That That is really important. And so I'd encourage you, that's a great way to love your husbands. And by the way, I would like to point out that some people may hear all that Susie's saying and go, oh, that sounds just like a traditional stay-at-home wife. Her life is about her home. She's a school teacher. She pours her life. In fact, she has a huge to-do list today for her classroom. She is giving to a lot of people, but, you know, she works all day on her feet and she works hard. So it's not like she's spending 24 hours a day thinking about me. But she does this. <laughs> I mean, I like to assume that she is. Oh, yes. I do. I do. <laughs> you know? uh, but, but, but I just would say, if, these, if you hear these things and think, well, but I have kids to take care of, or yeah. I've got work to do, or I've got this or that, she does all those things. These don't have to be everything huge right super time consuming they can just be habits that you form and i would encourage you get in the habit of saying regularly to your spouse but particularly wives to husbands hero things Mm. and husbands to wives understanding things like i value you for who you are i know this about you you know show that you are trying to know her and you show him that you respect him and love, and he's your hero. And man, I'm telling you, it will it will improve your marriage. It does. It really does. Well, and and back to how you can help your husband. Um, you had mentioned helping him be the hero, but I also want to mention, wives, that if you can help your husband lead, mm. I think leading the home is a daunting task for guys. They don't often know what that looks like. So help him right. lead. Show him what that looks like. Even by your example, like we talked about praying mm-hmm. as a couple earlier. You know, wives, if you need to sort of step out and lead a little bit and then help him come alongside so that he can be shoulder to shoulder with you, but then surpass you and lead, help him be the spiritual leader of your home. Help him be the spiritual leader to your children. And if you have good ideas about what that looks like, share them. And not so that, you know, oh, well, I have to drag him along because he's not fulfilling his role, you know, but just, just take on kind of that help mate role and he will hit his stride because he wants that he just may not know what that looks like and thank you for mentioning that because 
a lot of times the reason husbands are shutting down is because they don't know what it looks like or in their in their mind what it looks like is something that's unrealistic. So they may <laughs> right. hear a guy speak about their family devotion. And it's like, oh, we sing these hymns, and then we <laughs> we go out and we knock on twenty doors. Right. And I mean, it's just and a guy sitting there going, okay, I'm I'm a huge failure, and I can't pull that off. And right. a wife thinking she's encouraging him may go, isn't that awesome? You know, like we should do that. And again, he's going, okay, well, then there's no point in us doing it because mm. whatever I do is going to be a disappointment. And, and he may go, boy, I do need to lead our home better, but I can't do those level things. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can find ways to say, and I know I hear this and I feel like, oh, well, we got to treat them with kid gloves. Well, I would just say, just don't set expectations that you, that home is another place where he, no matter how much work he does, he can't make progress and appreciate those things, encourage. He does need to lead the home. He does need to encourage spiritual things, but appreciate those things. You know, so when it's like, hey, when we're sitting down for dinner, would you mind taking the prayer? Just, you know, I'd just love to hear you pray. It's important for our kids to hear you pray. Would you take the prayer? And if he just says, you know, some off-the-wall prayer, you don't need to go, well, no, here's what that prayer is <laughs> to look like. You, you just say, thank you. Yeah. You know, that it just made me really proud that our, our kids heard you pray, that they have a dad who prays. That's going to encourage him more than if you go, well, that was kind of a silly prayer, and mm. da, 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 da. then he's going to go, okay, well, why am I praying? Like, I, I, I can't get it right. So I would just really encourage that. Since we're talking about wives loving their husbands, those yeah. are those are little ways that can really make a huge difference. That's good. Well, thank you all for coming back and finishing out part two of Loving Your Spouse. I appreciate y'all's time. Well, thanks for having us, Tommy. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in every Monday as I have a special guest in the studio to talk with me about what it is to love God and love our neighbors in both deed and in truth. And check us out every Friday for a new episode of Freestyle Friday. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a review and go ahead and share the podcast with your friends. You can also check us out online at deedandtruthpodcast.com and you can connect with us on social media. We're on Twitter at deed underscore truth and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube by searching the Deed and Truth podcast. All right, until next time.